0: Good day, everybody. This is Zachary Kameen, the Curious Christian, and these are Curious Conversations. Before we get started with this episode, I wanted to do some housekeeping um, information what's going to happen during the rest of this year. Um, As my podcast has gotten more and more popular, more views, I get more and more uh, feedback and comments from some of my listeners and from uh, those who are interested in doing uh, interviews uh, that I and listening to other podcasts myself, I f- have uh, come to the conviction that I should start doing segments, not just a full length, uh, you know, one segment all the way through, but try to break it up into... Uh, four to five minute, maybe even seven to ten minute blocks uh, depending on the uh, segment, depending on the topic, Uh, but trying to keep some topics to a minimum and trying to uh, stretch out some other topics, uh, understanding uh, where my mind is on Uh, certain topics. I've also started a blog that I will start adding to my uh, podcast episodes information, uh, mostly just so that I can uh, think through, uh, write out more what I have to say so that I don't feel the need to say it all here on the podcast. Uh, And then there'll be things that uh, I say on the podcast that I don't say on the blogs. Uh, so it'll be a way for you guys to get more and more of what my thoughts are both on the podcast and on the blog. And help you to understand that some topics are just that complicated. Uh, right now I'm hanging out with my baby, Zena. Uh She is my almost five month old, if you can believe it. And she's just hanging out with daddy while mommy takes uh, her sisters to grandma's. Um but yep, so that's that housekeeping situation. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the rest of the episode. And I will uh, talk with you guys more about uh, interviews and uh, or upcoming interviews that will be coming uh, up real soon. The goal is, if you remember, on uh, a couple podcasts ago, My goal is to do one interview a quarter, and I have not done an interview yet this quarter, so uh, there's a couple people that I have in mind to do an interview with, and I just simply need to set that up. Uh, So God bless you guys. Uh, Take care, and enjoy the show. So, on this part of the podcast, we're in the segment where I begin my awesome bike ride to work today.
1: There's no difference, but the road is absolutely covered in ice, so you might have the privilege of hearing me squeal like a little girl because I fall on my face. (laughs) <laughs> but seriously though, might get a little slick, so uh, enjoy the uh, background noise of me sliding all over the place. Uh, it is, I think it's uh, 31 degrees outside, so it was freezing rain all e- or all uh, morning. And right now it's not raining, so that's why I'm willing to ride my bike instead of drive because I just don't feel like getting smacked in the face with ice. But if I fall on my butt on ice, I don't mind that. That's whatever. If you go back on other podcasts, I've fallen enough times to not care. I mean, I'm just riding a bicycle. But anyways, well, it's real slick out here. But alright back to importantness. Um, today it is Wednesday, and it is the Wednesday, following the State of the Union address. And as you expect, all the Republicans loved it. Some of the Democrats loved it as well. And by some I mean, I think like three. Uh, but no seriously, I think a, a lot of people who uh, at least for my Facebook feed, and I have a lot of people on the left on my Facebook feed. And in fact, I want to say about 70% of my Facebook friends are either libertarian, uh, left-leaning libertarians, and uh, left-leaning Democrats. So I kind of judge by them or by you guys, since you guys don't listen. Uh, what your guys' thoughts are on it? And it seemed like it was a, the vast majority were in approval of his State of the Union." Uh, I'd have to agree, a hundred percent. The winning hit for me was uh, not only his. Uh, what would be like a vanilla icy uh, statement of babies are image bearers of God but we won't talk about uh, what kind of babies and how so no he says babies born or unborn bear the holy image of God and then so that's, that's the what we should believe That's the declaration of what we believe, and he says we must ban late-term abortions. I assume what he's referring to there is uh, the third trimester. So that can be, I, I'm assuming like he's talking about third trimester, uh, he did a very good job of expressing his vile disgust of infanticide that was pushed in New York and passed and, uh, from his home state and also what was pushed and failed. In Virginia and uh, it is also no surprise that New York and Virginia are the two most founding of or are the two original uh, states, in other words since the founding of our nation those two states have been some of the most important uh, states in our union. Uh, Virginia being the home of the, pre- um, or being the birthplace and weaning place, you know, childhood place of the um, three of the first four presidents. In fact, uh, four of the first five presidents. And uh, New York was the place of the capital for, I think, a couple decades. So and then, of course, Virginia became the place where the capital moved to basically when we created uh, Washington, D.C. So uh, it is it is no small thing to have Virginia and New York falling start to fall in line with the culture of death. But back to the State of the Union. Uh, The president did well to stay within his script. You could tell he stayed within his script because you could tell by Nancy Pelosi's face that he was staying within his script uh, he did not veer from it. Uh, you would know, because the look on her face would show it. You could, you saw her, uh, like, at the end of each page, he, she'd move. You could tell when she got off track, cause then she'd be like, crap, which page am I on to move in to the next page? And be like, oh, we're here now. So, so, you could tell that she was just all in all, it was a more engaging, more unifying, and more enjoyable State of the Union address than last year's, than even I would say the last few uh, State of the Union addresses. Uh, We've had so many divisive State of the Union addresses that uh, this one has been good. He kept stressing the American uh, policy, making the point that uh, nothing that he's going to push is anything that is exclusively Democrat or Republican but our policies that uh, has been supported either in the present or in the past by both parties and that they should be worthy of consideration. Uh, the The best The only thing that I wish he would have done, and it would have been absolutely glorious, is if he would have been able to convince uh, Roe from the decision of Roe versus Wade, consider the lady who uh, was the Roe in the uh, court case of Roe versus Wade to come to the uh, uh, the State of the Union so that he could lift her up because of, uh, here's the fun fact for you Uh, Roe did not get a chance to abort her baby uh, because uh, the state she lived in did not allow for it Uh, she had the baby she raised the baby The baby became, I think, another young lady, and that lady, that lady had babies as well. And Roe, from Roe versus Wade, became pro-life, and has been, uh, engaged in the pro-life versus pro-death debate, uh, for decades. And so, I think it would have been good for uh, when he was talking about uh, abortion to have propped her up and said, you know, uh, when she was a young lady, she was in the midst of this court case, uh, she is now lifted with this heavy burden of being the symbol of the culture of death when she herself is an advocate of life. And I call upon the states and the federal congresses, the state or the Senate and the The uh, houses, and in fact, the courts and the Supreme Court itself to uh, approve her wishes to and uh, void out uh, Roe versus Wade. This Roe sees the evil of the decision. And so, that's what we should do. Uh, Or something like that, showing that the original lady of Roe vs Wade has changed her mind on the issue and so should they. This is an amazing, that, that would have been amazing. And it wouldn't have been unprecedented because we had uh people from the uh that dealt with the uh first step act we had people deal dealt dealing with the uh uh holocaust dealing with shootings dealing with immigration uh we had all of the like just every every pet issue every pet policy uh had its representation, has its representative, and that would be my only qualm with the State of the Union, is, and it would be a, uh, so in the military we do AARs, and in it there are sustains you wanna do, and there are improvements that you would like to see. Uh, sustain would be uh, keep bringing up Uh, Babies keep bringing up how awesome babies are, the value of babies, all of that, while at the same time, lean in a bit more. Uh, Show pictures of, and I fell. Show pictures of babies who have died due to abortion. Uh, bring in young men and young ladies of who are products of failed abortions, who survived their abortions. Bring in mothers who... Uh, were considering abortions uh, due to rape and incest and it changed their minds bring it in bring all of the things in to illustrate the immorality of abortion and uh, you know and and away we shall go I think that that is the next step. I think that that is the right step, and I think that it is long past due for Republicans to do this. Uh, we need to stop pussyfooting around on this. Stop tiptoeing. These are not eggshells, or these rather these are not uh, spikes in which we need to worry about not falling into and dying. This is not a third rail issue. These are eggshells. Yes, they go crunch when you step on them. Yes, it makes noise. Yes, it can get messy, but it is worth it. And you will save a lot of life, lives in the end. This, this, is, this is a non-issue. The Democratic Party loves to kill babies. Uh, this morning, uh, on a bit of a side note, two two things on Twitter. Uh, I keep up with as many uh, politicians and whatnot as I can. Uh, one is uh, my senator, uh, Debbie Stabenow. I haven't seen from Gary Peters his thought on this but Senator De- Debbie Sabinaw posted that she is concerned about the direction that we're going as a country type of thing. And I think that that's obnoxious and two-faced and BS because she stood up at most of the uh, things that the president said. She stood up and applauded him on probably 75% of the things that uh, he said, I like that she didn't dress in all white like the other ladies did. She is has enough class to uh, do so. Part of me wishes that she would have dressed in a dress to even show how more classy she was. I wish we would have tried to stick to. Uh, You know, stand up, uh, Melania Trump. Uh, Like, I wish she would be classy enough to not dress in a a suit and tie. I wish that she would have dressed up in a dress uh, with all the waves and all the ruffles. Uh, That would have been glorious to me. That would have been majesty. That would have been great for my senator to do. To show that she is a lady who is representing ladies of Michigan. Since most of the ladies in Michigan like to wear dresses. Okay, so. That is uh, where my commentary ends on the situation of the State of the Union. It's a good thoughts. Uh, I like the State of the Union. Most Democrats liked it as well. CBS, which is not a conser- is not a show or a network that appeals to the conservative base of Trump. It is one that moderates and bas- basically I'd say uh, suburban uh, suburban people watch it. Uh, I don't watch TV. So it's not, I didn't do any polling on it. I didn't like go vote on it. But it was like 75% or 72% approved the president's uh, State of the Union address. Which, no matter how you slice it and dice it, is an amazing, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, especially for a CBS po- poll. Uh, I'm curious on which people disapproved of it, and the reason why. Uh, But the biggest question that I have is why is it that Democrats are appealing to the 25% instead of the 75%? The whole idea of the Democrats being Democratic is the idea of majority rules the majority should rule the minority. So the reason why I don't like uh, the Democratic Party platform is because uh, since its conception, it has always uh, had a majority focus. Uh, Republicans have had a majority with filters focus, meaning uh, if the majority believes in something insane, then its leaders should disregard the foolishness of the people. And that's been basically the uh, attitude of the Republican Party since uh, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, Republicans So they often do follow the majority, but they at least have the, uh, like the leaders, they may follow the majority of their base type of thing, but at least they have the audacity or the, not the audacity, that's not the word I'm looking for. They have the class to plug their nose first, to pinch their nose. So that is my view on that. Or er, I need to stop saying that. Uh, I will give you an example of what I mean by that. So, oh, woohoo! Second time I felt. Oh yeah, that was sweet. This making all kinds of messes in this podcast. You heard it first. All right, I'm walking for a bit. Uh, an example of uh, this would be during the slavery debate uh, back in I think the uh, 1850s, uh, between uh, Abraham Lincoln and his opponent, for I think like the senator, or governor of Illinois, something like that. They were debating about whether a certain state that was about to, well, a certain territory that was about to turn into a state, whether it should become a slave state or a free state. And the majority of the people of that territory wanted it to be a slave state. They wanted it to be slavery. but. There was already a majority of slave states at this time, and so Congress was about to make it a free state to keep it equal, so that we would have an equal balance of slave states and free states. Uh, And uh, Abraham Lincoln, his argument was, No, we cannot have uh, this state, I can't remember which state it is, and forgive me for that, I'm riding my bike so I can't do a uh, fact lookup of what debate it was, who he was debating, whatever. But you'll be able to look it up. It's a pretty famous debate. Uh, But he said that this state can't be a slave state, no matter what the majority says in that state, doesn't matter the affections of the people about this issue, because for them to be uh, a slave state would make it to where the uh, senators would be in the majority uh, slave-holding states, which means that there's no way for the conversation to go down. It would basically be, you know, let's say that there were 30, or that there was uh, 40 40 senators at this time, or better yet, there were 38 senators at this time, so that means 24 states at this time, and I'm making this up. Uh, 22 of them being Uh, from free states, and 24 of them being from uh, slave states. And now you've got this new state that is an unknown which direction it's going to go. So again, 22 and 24, and so Abraham Lincoln's attitude is, well, it has to become a free state so that it's 24 to 24, right? Or uh, twenty, yeah, be twenty-four to twenty-four, or whatever, however the math works. And the person he's debating says, "But that's not what the people want." And he said, "It doesn't matter what the people want because we've been for the longest time making sure, or for the past eighty years, we've made it to where we just do one by one." Uh, slave state, free state. Slave state, free state. Slave state, free free state. And we're not going to change up the way we do it just because they want slaves. Because we want to play that game, there are slave states that would like to be free states. Are, are you willing to let them And the answer is no. And the great thing is, is, the guy who's arguing for the state to be a uh, slave state said, well, I am personally against slavery, but I think that the states should choose, uh, what, or the people should be able to choose what kind of state they want to be. Does that sound familiar? They wanted slave states to be safe, legal, and rare. Except, uh, Though it was legal, it was not safe, and it was not rare, and it was still immoral. And so that is a huge difference between, uh, a philosophical difference between, uh, or a political philosophy difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. It's what split the Republicans and Democrats apart uh, since the time of uh, Andrew Jackson. It has been uh, the issue that's been faced between the two factions of the Democrats and the Republicans, and to this day has been the issue. Is one side has followed the will of the majority no matter what, uh, whether it's moral or immoral, and the other one, other side, says. well, we will listen to the majority as long as the majority is moral because we're not seeking after uh, majority rules type of thing and so whatever the majority thinks is must be good we're going after good and hope that the majority will tag along my issue with the Republican Party is since it's uh inception or conception back in the uh, founding of the republican party with thomas jefferson they have not had a solid standard of that morality and they've often gone to more of an aristocratic attitude and i say they need to go to a theocratic attitude in the sense of i want them to use god's word to say god's word says that this is immoral Thus, you know, why is this immoral? Well, as you see here in Deuteronomy, it says it's immoral. So, there, there we have it. Whew. I made it. I made a torque, y'all. Hope you guys got torque safely as well. Once heard somebody say that if you wanted to understand comic books and understand uh, especially the Marvel and DC comics, uh, you should read the Book of Judges. And I heard this when I was a kid, but uh, from some of my Christian uh, relatives when I was still uh, an atheist, and I didn't know what they meant until I became a Christian and. I uh, read the Bible and uh, saw uh, the real events that went down in uh, before the king times or during the times of the judges uh, in Israel. And this the story that I want to bring up to illustrate this <laughs> is uh, the story of Samson, which, uh, seems to get skipped over during Sunday school, and I will, let me real quick give you guys the spark notes of his story. Uh, he's, uh, I believe he is predicted, his birth is, uh, foretold in, uh, to his parents. He's then, um, born. He, uh, is told, he is, his parents are told that he can't needs to hold to a certain vow, uh, and so he's not basically he's not allowed to drink he's not allowed to even eat grapes he's not allowed to uh, touch uh, dead animals not allowed to uh, cut his hair any of these things all right so here is the uh, story of his dealings uh, first he kills a lion uh, on its way to his wedding he then uh, the next day, he walks past that dead carcass of a lion and he uh, sees honey in it because the bees had created a nest in it. He takes out the honey and gives it to his parents to eat without them knowing. Uh, he then marries a, a lady from Phil- uh, a Philistine lady. Uh, he loses a bet during the wedding ceremony or during the reception, um, which caused him to go into a rage where he then burns down the grain field of, I think think his uh,
0: his in-laws fast forward a little bit he gets arrested but then he uh, gets he then kills all of his captors which I think was
1: over a thousand uh, with a jawbone of an ass Uh, he then proceeds to as a fugitive he runs and meets up with a prostitute where he sleeps with several times Uh, he then gets a haircut Uh, Then he uh, is arrested again by the Philistines. The Philistines then gouge out his eyes and put him into forced labor. Uh, He uh, gets taken to a banquet hall so that the kings and queens and princes and princesses of of Philistia can mock him and laugh at him and um, mock their god. And it ends with um, him collapsing the house on top of all of them and killing them all. So that is the story of Samson in a uh, minute and a half nutshell, and you can see how uh, just that little outline would uh, spark a lot of stories, a lot of uh, of interesting comic books just in itself. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, the story of Samson is what inspired this this Greek. Uh, fable of Heraclitus, or uh, the Latin version of Hercules, uh, because the stories of Samson spread so quickly the that the Greeks could not let some pale Palestinian show them up, so they had to come up with their own story. Uh, and from what many Greek historians, they were saying uh, that during this time, this was the time of the heroes. This was the time of heroes and I think much of uh, history, much of uh, the Old Testament bears testimony to that uh, To that fact. This was the time of heroes. This was the time of uh, superheroes. So, uh, this is again, I commend to you the book of Judges uh, for curious conversations. This, I can't imagine any other book of the Bible, except for maybe the book of Revelation, that would spur on more curious conversations uh, in the day-to-day life of believers and unbelievers alike. So again, I commend it to you. Well, that's it for today's conversation. I hope you enjoyed listening as I enjoyed speaking. Uh, but if you are an absolute desire and frantic a need of more uh, curious conversation topics and information, uh, you can go on my blog and read... Uh, my, some of the articles on there, or you can you know skip down, or you can skip up to another one of my episodes. Uh, please be um, willing to give a good review, a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, put in a nice review for me. If you'd be so kind, it'll help with getting my podcast more and more known. And so that more people can join the conversation. If you would like um, to interact with me and have some dialogue and some one-on-one curious conversations, um, please do not hesitate to email me at ZacharyKameen at yahoo.com. Be sure to put down uh, curious conversations in the subject heading so that I know uh, that it is you. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Zachary Kameen or you can follow me or add me on Facebook at Zachary Kameen. Until then, until next time, God bless, guys. Take care. And drink some coffee and come to Jesus. It's Curious Conversations.